Hi, welcome. Um, my name is Jess, and I am um, part of the KXC staff team. I'm what they call an ordinand, um, which no one knows what that means. I'm training to be a vicar, basically. Yes. Um, a little note about that. Um, I ruled myself out of being a vicar, um, and so if you are here, um, and you are ruling yourself out, God may be ruling you, counting you in. So if you're getting a little nudge or you've had it before, come chat to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, I want to pray, first of all. Holy Spirit, would you come? Come and take my words, generous God, and use them for your glory. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to start with a bit of honesty. Honesty is good. Um, last time I did um, a sermon here at KXC, it was about a few, it was a few months ago, and some of the feedback I got was that I was funny. <laughs> that sounded like canned laughter. It was brilliant. Um, it was a surprise to me as well. Yes, yes, yes. That I was funny. So when I was preparing for this, I was like, "Come on, Jess, you need to bring your funny. You need to bring your comedy." And um, as I was preparing, I was just reading through what God was telling, I felt like God was telling me for you and for us, and it just wasn't funny. It was challenging to me, um, and so God has something really specific for us this morning, and um, I will still be funny, because obviously that's me, um, but I, I just, yeah, have this heaviness on me that God has something for you, and I've been focused on wanting you to like me, um, but this morning, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to preach what God has told me to preach for you this morning. Is that all right? Fantastic. So we are still in the sermon series, Streams in the Wasteland. You can see the visual there, um, and we've been talking a lot about wilderness and a lot about water, and so I'm going to do a quick recap for us all. Um, because obviously we've all remembered everything for the past four weeks, obviously. Um, so we're going to kick off with what happened in April. So Emma Heddle started this series talking about a man called Ezekiel. Now Ezekiel has a book in the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to be reading a bit of it. But he was a priest, and it was about, let me give you some history, 592 BC, so way before Jesus was walking on the earth as a human. Now, Ezekiel was a priest, and his book is filled with, um, it's called a prophet book. So it's basically words that God has spoken to Ezekiel for his people. And Ezekiel was a priest, but at this time, um, him and his people were worshiping in the temple. That's where they thought God's presence was. They believed God's presence was in the temple. But what happened was they were captured and taken out of Jerusalem. They were in captivity, away from home, away from, the, away from where they thought the presence of God was, and God spoke to Ezekiel. He gave him a vision, um, which is basically like a moving picture, like a movie. That's one of the ways that God speaks to us. And we're going to read it together. It's the vision of the temple. So I want you on your phones to get to your Bible apps. I know it's going to come up on the screen. You know it's going to come up on the screen, but... I want you to get out your Bibles, get to your Bible app, head to Ezekiel 47. You may have never, ever tapped Ezekiel on your Bible app, so I'm going to make you do it this morning. So Ezekiel 47. If you don't have either of these, then it's going to come on the screen. Wonderful job, Corey. Thank you. Ezekiel chapter 47. We're going to start at verse 1. How's everyone doing? You're either on the Bible app or you're on Twitter. 
the laughter suggests Bible. Good. So you can, if you are a visual person, feel free to visualize this. So this is Ezekiel, um, and he's describing what's happening. So the man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. This is verse 1. And I saw, so we've got a temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits which we all know is 530 meters, obviously, <laughs> to Google that. Um, so he measured off a 1,000 cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another 1,000 cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He then measured off another 1,000 um, and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another 1,000, but now it was a river that, river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? So we're going to stop there. So this is the water was coming from the temple. It's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Now you've read a bit of Ezekiel. Well done, you can take that on your books to read. Um, and the river was getting deeper and deeper. So let's find out what the river is like. We're going to jump to chapter eight, uh, sorry, verse 8. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live where the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. So the characteristics of this river is life, life, life. And this river represents God's presence. So wherever God's presence goes, it's leaving the temple and heading out and it's giving light. But what's this got to do with Jesus? And with us, I hear you say. Um, we're going to jump um, to the New Testament. Move, move with me. We're going to go to John chapter 7. So this is in the book of John. John was one of Jesus' disciples. He helps us out a lot uh, with understanding a little bit. And in John chapter 7, we're in the festival um, where they're actually celebrating this vision that we've just read from Ezekiel 47. And Jesus is there. So let's read. We're going to verse 37. Everyone all right? Got there? On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And then helpfully, John helps us out. He says, by this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So when John's talking about the Spirit, he's not talking about just any Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity of God. So we've got God the Father, um, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was there at creation. He, he is not the lesser of any of the Trinity. This is the Holy Spirit that gives life. He was at Pentecost, and this is the and we are describing him as the living water within us. Uh, can I have the next slide? Because I like visual things. Um, so in Ezekiel 47, we've got the God's presence is life-giving water. And then in John 7, we've got that Jesus is the source and the Holy Spirit is living water. So we've been learning in these last few weeks about Jesus is the source of living water. Um, 
and the Holy Spirit is that life for us, in us. But this morning, we're going to talk about how, uh, how this spirit, how this water overflows, okay? Because um, just a little, just a little, another little truth nugget for you. The Holy Spirit is not just for us. It's not to make us feel happy. It's not just for us. I've got a quote, and I did not put it in here because I was afraid that you wouldn't like me if I said it, so I'm going to say it. Um, it's by a theologian called N.T. Wright, and he writes, Despite what you might think, God doesn't give people the Holy Spirit in order to let them enjoy the spiritual equivalent of a day at Disneyland. To some people, that wouldn't be a joy. I know this. Um, of course, if you're downcast and gloomy, the fresh wind of God's Spirit can, and often does, give you a new perspective on everything, and above all, grants a sense of God's presence, love, comfort, and even joy. We talked about this. But the point of the Spirit is enable those who follow Jesus to take into all the world the news that he is Lord, that he has won the victory over the forces of evil, that a new world has opened up, and that we are here to make it happen. So don't mistake what I'm saying here. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us, but he's a gift for others. The point of overflowing water is that it spills out. So today we're going to talk about overflowing water, rivers of living, living, I'm going to say wife, I think, uh, <laughs> living water that flow from us. But in order to have living water in us that's overflowing, it needs to fill up and fill up and fill up and keep going. But that often isn't the case. We come on a Sunday or a church event and we go, yes, Lord, Holy Spirit, more please. And then we go away and things of the world start to creep in. So we look on news, we're bombarded every day in the news, social media with stories of fear, despair, hurt and sadness, and our lives are full of uncertainty and ill-loved ones and increased expectations and ever-changing landscapes. This is the reality. But we have a choice. As followers of Jesus, we have a choice as to what fills our minds and what fills our hearts. I'm not saying we should ignore what's going on, because it is. It's terrible. It's sad. We talked about things this morning, the injustice in the world. But when we are filled with God's spirit, that should make a difference. We have agency to choose not to look at the news every time we have, something, we have nothing to do. Every time you sit on the toilet. Yeah, I said toilet in church. Um, <laughs> that was more awkward than I thought. Everyone's like, no, I don't. I know you do. Um, we can choose to pray when we're feeling overwhelmed rather than scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through posts and tweets, tweets online. Perhaps you can recognize this in yourself. I have been challenged about this. If we have the water of life in us, the living spirit of God, we have to control what else is getting priority in space. You cannot overflow with something until it fills you all the way up and out. Um, there's a verse on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. As people filled with the Spirit, we need to follow the guide, the Spirit, who gives us our wisdom and our truth. 
we have a choice and we need to make it today and continue to do that. And um, there's another quote, Donna Lazenby, I am throwing all the quotes at you and they are challenging. Let's go with this one. But the church has fallen asleep, passed out with uncertainty and fearfulness in the cramping, listless landscapes of our living day by day and we can't even see it. Lost in the transparency of accommodating to what the world is presenting as true, as real. The prophet dies. It is time to wake up. Church, there's no more time to conform to the world. I am so challenged by this because I cannot come on a Sunday and be filled with the Spirit. And then throughout the rest of the day, the rest of the week, casually letting whatever, anything else fill me. I want to be overflowing with the Spirit so that it impacts other people and the world around me. Instead of filling ourselves up with the world, we should actually be looking to the world. We can become so inward-focused and fearful and focused on ourselves that we forget to look out. We become spiritually blind. We can't see. We don't see. We need to be looking. Another prophet called Isaiah in the Old Testament um, says this in Isaiah chapter 43. The Lord says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We are called, filled with the Spirit, to see rivers where people see deserts. That requires us to look. In Ezekiel 47, in the passage we read earlier, then the man says to Ezekiel, do you see this? And here again it says, see, I am doing a new thing. In order to see, we need to look. We can't be looking at ourselves. God is making all things new. <laughs> There's a book on that, by the way. It's really good. Um, God is doing this already. There are things to be seen. The world wants us to see other things, to see hopelessness, to see despair. But when we're filled with the Spirit, we should be seeing signs of recreation everywhere. We are called to look, and the reason why we can see is because we're filled with the overflowing Spirit of God. The same God who is making all things new, the life-giving Holy Spirit is in us and overflows if we look to those around us. Another quote by N.T. Wright. I didn't just read all his stuff, by the way. Um, he says, this is Jesus. Jesus, therefore, sends out his followers, equipped by his own, to celebrate his sovereignty over the world and make it a reality through the founding of communities rescued by his love, renewed by his power, and loyal to his name. Jesus' followers, equipped with his spirit, are to become in themselves, individually and together, little walking temples, rescued themselves from sin through Jesus' death and with the living presence of God within them and in them. This is what we're called to do. We are the mini temples of the Holy Spirit of God. And it's not for us. It's for the benefit of others. We have to be willing to take our attention from ourselves to other people, for our friends, for our family, for our work colleagues, for the people that you see on the street. They need to see something different. They need to see rivers. We need to see streams in the wasteland. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, 
but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We need to focus on these things. But talking of filling things with, filling your mind and heart with other things, I do like to spend a little bit of time on YouTube. Um, and um, the thing that I really love is I, watch, I love watching reaction videos. I love seeing people's reactions to things. Um, but recently, I found this whole other new thing, which is um, watching videos of people who are colorblind and who are given glasses to see full colors. Has anybody seen these videos? I would, love, I would have loved to have spent 15 minutes um, just watching it this morning, uh, but that wasn't possible. Um, I think they're called magic glasses, is their technical term. Um, I don't know if you've seen them, but it is a treat to watch. Um, but I wanted to share some of what the people were saying when they get these glasses on. The first one was a groom whose wife on their wedding day gave him the glasses. People are nodding with me. They're like, yes. I'm just crying thinking about it. He puts the glasses on, and he is blown away straight away. He gets very emotional, um, and he says, he is American. I'm not going to do an American accent. <laughs> um, I know, I can't. I'm married to an American. It just can't work. Um, he says, this is what he says when he puts them on, and he's looking around. He says, are you serious? You guys see this every day. I don't know if you guys understand, but I didn't know. I'll have to relearn my colors. He says, you guys can see this every day. That was what he was surprised about. The second one was an older man who's a sheriff, and some of his team give him glasses. Anyone seen this one? Oh, no, you haven't got there yet. Do you later. <laughs> Not now. Um, he puts his glasses on, and he's just too overwhelmed. He's crying and crying, but he can't stop staring. And this is what he says. I can see a different world. My wife's going to watch the sunset with me. Uh, don't cry, don't cry. Um, <laughs> for the first time in my life, I see all the colors. This whole place is lit up. And he looks around and he says, the whole world is lit up. We have this gift of new sight for the benefit of others. We need people to see this whole world lit up. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If you're experiencing a little bit of what I've been experiencing this week um, after hearing what I'm saying, you might be feeling a little bit of slightly, slightly embarrassed a little bit convicted and very afraid. <laughs> but all of these feelings are fine. My, encourage, my encouragement to you is just the reminder that the Holy Spirit is the giver of life. We can't overflow with the Holy Spirit unless we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us all the way up. That means constant refilling. It means taking choices, taking steps to not just let the world fill us. We have that choice. And we need to start looking out. The Holy Spirit is not just our gift that we hold on to. The Holy Spirit is our gift to others so that they can see hope, so they can see rivers, so they can see life. In a minute, I'm going to encourage us to stand together. Um, and I'm going to ask the band to come up in a minute. That's a little warning for you all. 
because um, I want to create an opportunity for us to be refilled this morning. We need to be constantly refilled. Just to let you know also, you can be refilled with the Holy Spirit at home. You don't need this band, although they're great. Um, we need to be constantly refilling in order to overflow. Some of you may have been sat there whilst I've been talking just slightly bamboozled at the fact that I kept saying spirit, 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 and I wasn't talking about alcohol. Um, the Holy Spirit, um, as I mentioned earlier, is the Spirit of God. You may have had no experience at all with the Holy Spirit. Um, and this morning, this may be the time that you want to experience the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, to be filled with the Spirit for the first time. And there may be for some of you that you knew exactly what I was talking about when I was saying that you can get filled up with the world. You knew exactly the thing that you do, the thing that you go to um, that you think is filling you up. And then to be honest, I think that's all of us. So I'm going to give an opportunity for us all together um, just to lay those things down, to say this morning, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to actively choose to be filled with the Spirit. And then I would also love for us to pray for each other. If you're wanting to have your eyes set on the unseen instead of the seen, today's the day to get new vision.